There you go, fully equipped. Um, and uh, she's continuing on um, the, the short little series that, that Becky started last week. Um, and uh, if you don't know Sarah, Sarah is our children and families lead. Um, and uh, we're really excited to hear what you've got to say to us. Can I pray for you thank before you, you um, yeah. begin? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Sarah. We thank you for her ministry here at GPC. And we thank you that you have called her and that, Lord, you're blessing her and her ministry. And uh, God, we just really want to... Um, Pray for her as she uh, preaches to us this morning. Lord, speak through her. Speak to each of us, Lord. And remind us of the grace uh, that you've got for us. So God bless her. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chris. And good morning, church. Um, it's my pleasure to be here today to continue. I'm going to try the clicker. Um, to continue our series, as Chris has said, on our faith journeys that Becky started for us so well last week. And the hope of this little series is that we can encourage one another to grow in faith and to inspire one another to live out that faith well. So last week, Becky spoke to us about what life can look like before we accept Jesus. And she bravely shared from her own story, which I'm sure was really helpful to many of us. And next week, Bryony is going to be speaking to us about life with a purpose, um, living in the kingdom after we have accepted Jesus. So today it falls to me to talk about that bit in the middle, the really, really important bit in the middle, that moment when we come to accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. So can we just pray together before we delve in? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with us today. You are present here. Thank you that you have a good gift for us. Please speak to us and help our hearts to listen to you. Amen. So... We're going to talk about the story today, and we, we live in a world of bad news, don't we? Especially perhaps 2020. Who can't wait for it to be over? I'm really looking forward to the new year. Let's hope it gets better. Um, but you know, as the people of God, we have a really good news story. In fact, we have a great news story. Um, and it's a brilliant story in the big story of scripture that we've actually been looking at with our lovely graphic here that Becky and Chris have been leading us through. Um, we have a great story, a great story to tell. And we live in a world where um, things are not so good. The Bible teaches us that God at the beginning made everything good. But mankind, us, we chose to turn our backs on God. And we continue to do that. We try to go it alone. And as a result of that, there's darkness and death and decay in our world. But God is a God of good news. And he always had a plan to rescue, to restore, and to redeem. And Becky shared this very important verse with us last week, um, where Jesus says of himself, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus declares that he is the way to God, that acceptance of Jesus is the only way to God. And this statement is really absolutely absolute, isn't it? There are no workarounds. There is no other way. And we live in a world, a culture, where we don't really like absolutes, do we? We don't like extremes. Many of us like that moderate kind of middle ground space. Um, but the Bible is very clear that when it comes to the kingdom of God, there is darkness and there is light, and there is no gray space in the middle. You are in the kingdom of God or you are not in the kingdom of God. But the truly good news is that this offer is open to all of us to enter into the kingdom of God. The way to God is only through Jesus, but it is not exclusive. It's for all of us. It's for everyone. 
Haley and Barbara read two wonderful passages of scripture for us this morning. John 1 verse 12, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And John 3.16, probably the most famous passage of scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The good news story is for everybody, for everyone who will believe and receive. But there needs to be that moment where we choose to accept the gift of Jesus. And God knew that we could never bridge the gap between his absolute perfection on one side and our imperfection on the other. He knew that we could never get to God by just trying a bit harder, by working, by putting our effort in. And so he doesn't ask us to. Instead, God came to us in Jesus. And many religions and worldviews ask us to do things to earn some favor with God or a higher power. But Christianity, on the contrary, said it's done. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. Jesus died to make a way where there would otherwise be no way. Romans 6.23 teaches us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life to all who believe in Christ Jesus. And Jesus took that punishment when he died for our sin and rose back to life again, bringing eternal life for us to enjoy if we will only accept him. And when we accept Jesus, we seek forgiveness and we submit our lives to him, and something really deeply significant happens. Spiritually, we move from darkness into light, but we also are given this right now, at that moment that we accept Jesus. This is not something for us for when we die. Yes, we have a glorious, glorious future beyond death where we see Jesus face to face, but we actually have a glorious present right now because when we accept Jesus, we are living in the kingdom of God. And not only are we living in the kingdom of God, but God gives us an even more wonderful gift, the gift of himself, his very presence within us. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us, to change us, to equip us, to transform us from one degree of glory into another. That is the work of God in our lives. So by accepting the gift of God, we are saved from something, from darkness and from death. And we are saved for something, for a glorious life in the kingdom of God, in service of the king. This is a wonderful story. It's the story of salvation, and it can be the story for all of us. Now, within um, the big picture of salvation, that story, we all have our own individual stories, don't we? Um, and my story of accepting Jesus started when I was very young. My family moved from the north of England, you can probably all tell by my accent that I'm not local, um, to the south of England when I was turning seven. And I was a sociable little extrovert of a child, um, so I joined every single group that I could join. And my parents fully supported this, because I think they quite liked peace and quiet of having me out of the house doing all my activities. And one of the groups I joined was the Sunday school at our local church. My parents would drop me off there, and then they'd come and pick me up at the end of the service. And once a month during um, the church we were in, they had what they called family services. So the kids didn't go to Sunday school. They went and sat with their parents in church. So on those months, I just used to stay at home. Sorry, those weeks of the month, I just used to stay at home. 
And then brownies, which I was also in, as part of my manic quest to do every activity possible, the brownie group started attending those family services together. We'd sit very proudly in our uniforms with our little brown bobble hats. I don't know if you have the same uniform over here. I think, I think you did. Um, and I was so proud to sit in church, and it was my first experience of being in a church service. And I loved it. And after that, I asked my mum if she would take me And she came along once a month to the family services with me. And gradually she found faith as well, which is another wonderful story. But in those early months of family services, I used to sometimes sit in church and just cry. And my mum thought I was really odd. And she would say to me, you know, if you don't like it, we don't have to come. Um, But it wasn't actually sad tears. It was a sense, I think, of God really compelling me and speaking to my heart. And I think it was my way of responding to Jesus, of recognizing my absolute need of him, even as a child, and submitting myself to him. And I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to accept Jesus as a child, because we all live ups and downs in life, don't we? We've all had a a difficult journey at times, but I have had the privilege of living that journey in the kingdom with God, and that is a really powerful thing. Jesus himself says in Matthew 19, 14, to let the little children come Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And I think that links in really nicely with our story. As a church, we have a collective story, as well as God's big story, our individual stories. We have a vision. We have a collective story as a church. And our collective vision, our story, is to reach out to children and families in this locality. This is the story of our church. And I think it's a brilliant vision, not just because it was my story, not just because it gives me a job here, um, but also because actually, do you know that most people who come to faith in Jesus come to faith as a child? It's a really significant time. There was a big survey done in 2017 in the UK where they asked a whole bunch of adult Christians who were church-going, Bible-believing Christians um, a load of questions about life. And one of them was to ask, when did you come to know Jesus? When was the moment of acceptance for you? And 75% of those adult Christians said that they came to Jesus when they were under 18. And 56% came to Jesus before they turned 11. And I think those are staggering statistics. Um, And I'm sorry that I don't know of an equivalent survey in New Zealand, but I would dare to guess it's quite similar here. I would dare to guess that it's the same, that most people who come to faith in Jesus will do so before they turn 18. And we are blessed here at this church. We have a room full of kids, through there today, some of them through there, um, and every Sunday. And I want to encourage you to pray for the children that we have in our church family. Talk to them, share your story with them, model a Holy Spirit-filled life to them. Pray for their teachers, pray for their parents. We have a Transformers group for intermediate children meeting on a Friday night. Pray for those young people. Pray for Nicola and her team leading. We have a youth group meeting on Sundays. Pray for Ella and all the work she's doing. Pray for James. We're so glad to have James with us. Pray for our teenagers. Pray for our youth. We have a kindy through the back here every weekday. Pray for those families. Pray for those children and parents. And pray for Kim and her team working there every day. We have a mainly music group in the lounge on a Wednesday. Pray for those kids. Pray for their families. Pray for Rachel and her team who are leading them and sowing seeds in their lives. 
We have Bible in school teachers going into Glendowie School every Friday morning. Pray for those teachers. Pray for those kids who are hearing the word of Jesus. Um, and just a lovely story from this week. Um, there's a group that uh, Paul Large leads in Bible in School on a Friday. And there's a little boy in that group who came up to me in the playground this week. And he said, I love Bible. Um, it's my favorite class. I love Bible. And he downloaded the songs that we were doing for Christmas. And in the class on Friday, he told me that his grandmother reads the Bible to him. And I just thought, what a lovely story. That grandmother is sowing seeds in the life of a young boy. And we get the opportunity to water those seeds on a Friday. And God is doing things in this community with our children. We're going to be starting a prayer meeting on Thursday mornings. Join us at 9 o'clock on the 26th if you're free or pray from home. But maybe think about our collective story and how can you be involved in the work in this church. So we've looked at our story, we've looked at my story, and we've looked at the big important story of scripture. But very importantly, what is your story today? Where are you on your journey of faith? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Your response to that question is the most important thing about you. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't accepted this gift, to come to Jesus this morning. We're going to have a time of reflection and response, and we will have people at the front who would love to talk to you and pray with you. The gift is there, but we need that moment of acceptance. And if you have accepted Jesus, I want to encourage us today to be thankful, to wonder again at how awesome it is that the God of all creation would choose us and rescue us and bring us into his kingdom and fill us with his spirit for a life of purpose that we're going to be looking at next week. Jesus tells three brilliant stories in Luke chapter 15 about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And I love these stories, and in them, Jesus is teaching that when something is lost, there is great rejoicing when that thing is found. And he tells his disciples that there is a great party in heaven when somebody comes to know Jesus. Do you ever think about that? If you're a believer, do you think that there was a massive party going on in the heavenlies when you took that moment of acceptance? It is a wonderful thing. And I hope that for all of us who've been a Christian for a while, that we won't let the familiarity of it cause us to forget the awesomeness of what Jesus has actually done. And I think when we can develop a real attitude of thankfulness, it gives us perspective for everything that life might throw at us. I'm just going to show a little picture here. Sorry, it's not very clear on the screen there. Um, perhaps you can recognize and relate to this picture. I know for me, I really wish life was like the one at the top, the man on the bike, just kind of going to the end. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. But the reality is it's not like that at all, is it? And it's often more like the path at the bottom with ups and downs and places to fall and different difficulties along the way. Um, it says there that that's God's plan. I'm not sure that's entirely true. I think that's just life, isn't it? It's just life. Um, but I think what it's trying to get at is God is in that with us and that it isn't just going to be a simple process. Um, we all go through ups and downs. And some of you today might be in that place of being paused because you just don't know how to take the next step because life is really difficult. For some of you, you might be just trudging along because life is hard. Others of you might be running. You might be in a great place. Um, we're all at different stages in our journey. 
And I, was, I hope that as we um, think about this and we prepare our hearts, we can think about what is the next step for us. Maybe today it's coming to Jesus for the first time. Maybe it's daring to do the next step in our faith journey. Perhaps that's baptism. Chris and Becky would love to talk to you if you've never been baptized and you would like to do so. Even if you've been a Christian for a long time, it's an important step. I was, had the privilege on a trip to Israel of being baptized in the Jordan River um, many, many years after I'd come to faith, but it was a really important step for me to take. It may be that the next step you have is to join a small group or to move into a new area of ministry or to interact in some way with our collective story, our vision as a church. Or maybe it's to ponder that transforming work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we are moving from one degree of glory into another. Is there a barrier, a sin, a difficulty, an obstacle, a heartache, something that's limiting the Holy Spirit's transformation in you? Is your next step perhaps to lay that down with Jesus? So we're going to take some time to reflect and to respond and to be in the presence of God. We're going to play some music And if you would like to come and pray with somebody, there will be people in this area who would be happy to pray with you. You were hopefully given some post-it notes as you walked in the door, and you may be wondering, what are these for, with great excitement? Well, the idea is that if you would like to, you might want to write something on these notes, something of what God might be saying to you about your next step. Maybe a note of thankfulness for your salvation. Maybe something you want to commit to God. Maybe something you want to lay at the feet of Jesus that might be a barrier or a difficulty for you. And we have a piece of paper on a table here with a cross in the middle. So please do come, write your note and come and lay it um, on this piece of paper just as a way of laying it at the feet of Jesus if you would like to do that. So I'm going to play some music. I think Becky's organized some music that should come on. But perhaps I'll just pray for us first. And then as the music's playing, do take time to reflect and respond. Come up to the front if you would like to stick some notes down. Come and pray with somebody. And then I think Mike will close us off with a song at the end. But let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this moment, that in the busyness of our lives, we have time now to pause, to be in your presence. Jesus, would you speak to us and would you help us to respond to you? Thank you for all that you have done for us. Amen.